It did. You could slap your TV, and, and it would, it would set, settle up, and, and you had to kind of dial in. Your, we got two and a half stations. If the, in the fall, when the leaves fell off, we got more stations than when, when, when the leaves were on, so forth and so on. It was, it, was a, it was a very experiential moment to be a TV watcher, especially if Dad needed you to adjust the antenna, right? And he had a whole line of people down the steps and out on the roof, and, and a little more. By the time you got it all the way down, you've gone past the spot that was best, and then you have to go back, and, you know, it's just this. This is real journey to watch TV, not like today. I can remember when TV went off at midnight or 11 o'clock after the 11 o'clock news, and I can remember that it used to come back on at 6 a.m. in the morning with the national anthem, you know. And it was just this, like this green bars in between time. There was no round-the-clock TV. Probably we were better for it. We need to shut ourselves down sometimes. And now we have TV to watch 24-7, and 99% of the TV to watch today is garbage. So... And, and the rest of it, they mix with garbage, so it tastes like garbage. So, I mean, it's just the way it is, right? But I can remember uh, it coming uh, into the fall of the year and into the early winter, there would be, there would be shows on that weren't on every, every, they weren't on on a regular basis. They were the Christmas uh, cartoons, right? They were the Christmas cartoons. And there was Charlie Brown, and there was different things. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was one of those uh, car cartoons, kind of like a, a claymation type of thing, you know. But it was a, it was a good cartoon. And, and uh, you know, of course, Rudolph is born with a red nose, so he kind of sticks out. And they tried to cover it up at first and, and, you know, put some mud on his nose. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't play with other reindeer games, right? And he was sad, and so he laughed. He laughed when he ended up with traveling with some other people and other situations. And he ends up on this island of misfit tour. Toys, if you remember the story, and I think I've probably talked about this before, the Island of Misfit Toys. The really cool about the Island of Misfit Toys is nobody really fit in normal society. And so they ended up on the Island of Misfit Toys, whether it's Bob in the Box and not Jack in the Box, or whether it's, you know, it's a train with the square wheels or Rudolph with a red nose. You know, it, it, they just didn't fit in normal society, so they ended up uh, on the Island of Misfit Toys. But I found very interesting that on the island of Misfit Toys, that the king of that island always found value in everyone that was on that island. And I know that New Life has been referred to before as the island of Misfit Toys. And I hope we are. Because I want to end up in an island where God says, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what you've been made for. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are amazing. And I want you to be a part of my kingdom. I want you to be a part of my island. I want you to be a part. Not only that, he empowered them so much so that they were able to go back out, right, into normal, so to speak, normal society and be the shining light that they needed to be. Rudolph got his job with Santa Claus. And that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want God to do for us. We talk about the island. We talk about new lifers. And uh, Sharon Beery was a new lifer. And I'll probably always consider her a new lifer, even though she's uh, celebrating in heaven today, and she's not here physically with us on this, uh, in this service. She's, her remains are here. Her memory is here. The different things are here in this memorial time of her. But she was truly a new lifer. And I think she was completely okay with being on the island of Misfit Toys. And I, and I think she was okay with that. And I think that we saw her in action over and over and over. I've, I've entitled today's message, Exposed Love. Exposed love. Love, just practical. There was very practical ways that, that we love each other. And I think Sharon was one of those people that could very practically love us. She loved us. She loved her family, and some of her family are here today. And Richard, he still carries on some of the things that Sharon has started but it was her love for us. And I think there's a picture of Sharon, and maybe, maybe she always sat over. She kind of told 
Richard, when to turn the lights on, when to turn them off over there. He's, you see, that, she's not here. You've got to turn them back on, dude. So, <laughs> all right, so, yeah, this is Sharon, and this is Sharon and some of her family here at Christmas time. She's the one, obviously, dressed in the, the Santa Claus outfit. Her and Richard came. They've been a part of New Life for years and years and years. But she was a very practical lover. She loved us, and she was very good at what she did. She brought in goodies for the kids. I mean, I can remember. You can turn the lights back down because I want to see the people. You see, she, Scooby-Doo snacks, I saw those come in grocery bags. I saw those going out to the kids. I saw Cheez-Its going out to the kids. I saw, I saw, I saw uh, goldfish crackers. I saw Kool-Aid squeeze bottles, you know, sugar-free Kool-Aid squeeze bottles. And I think she was always trying to stay in line with maybe mom and dad didn't want to sugar them all up here just before the service. But, but, so, but she wanted to look like a kid. She just didn't want a glass of water. You ever notice that as a kid? You know, here, have a glass of water. Really? Can you put it in a shiny bottle or something? You know, it just, it just wasn't the same. You know, it wasn't the same. And I think she knew those things. And, and so in comes the, the squeezed bottle of Kool-Aid. And here comes the Capri Sun that she, could, that she could share with the kids. And here comes the color books and the crayons. And many of you didn't see those things when they come through the door. And many of, those, many of you didn't know that. And many of you do the same thing. But she had exposed love. It was very real in her life, and she loved us, and she wanted to express that love and, 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 and she, in a very practical way. See, I think sometimes we make it way too difficult to realize that sometimes a Scooby-Doo snack can really be something that just expresses our love for someone because we know people like Scooby-Doo snacks. That's right. And she knew that about us. How about that? She knew that about us. She knew that about the people. She knew the color books. She knew the crayons. And, and just so you know... She knew, she knew that the, one of my strengths, this is, I'm, like, I'm like Popeye with spinach, only mine's peach pie. And so, and so you know, over and over and over, I would receive a peach pie on Sunday morning. And it just, it just because she knew, I like, one Sunday she brought me, she said, they were out of peach, the backup is apple. You know, so, so but we'll get you peach, and the next time, you know, over and over and over, there would be a, a, a container of pasta salad that she would bring in, and, and she always would tell me I needed to share those things with Cheryl. And I'm not a terribly good sharer, so, but I, I did, you know, those pasta salads and those peach pie. But also I know that uh, Cheryl is, a, is, a, is a quite, a, uh, quite a, a potato chip kind of connoisseur, yeah. So, so, and, and she likes Lay's potato chips. And I didn't buy these. Richard bought these today and brought them in. But over and over and over, Sharon would hand Cheryl a bag of Lay's potato chips because that's the kind of potato chip Cheryl likes. Isn't that amazing when we can know something about something so simple about somebody that we can not just bring them any potato chip, but a bag of Lay's potato chips because that's what they like. A peach pie, not just any pie, but a peach pie. Not just any drink, not just a glass of water, but something that the kids really like, the Scooby-Doo snack. And, and Cheryl, her other uh, second, I'm second only to chocolate in Cheryl's life, so, so the, 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 the chocolate bars that she would bring in and give to Cheryl. You know, I just, I just felt blessed by her over and over and over. In addition to all the hugs and the smiles, she was never afraid to hug. She was never afraid to smile at you. She was never afraid to just have you sit down and show you some pictures of her family. The family, Sharon's family that is here today, she loved you so much. I've seen so many pictures of you and so many things that, were, that, that, that just, just she wanted to share with us because of her love for you 
and I thank you for that. I thank you. One of the greatest things that, that, I, that I saw Sharon do that I thought was the, one of the greatest demonstrations of her love was this, that she brought uh, necklaces like, like Christmas tree bulbs that lit up, and she bought all one for every kid that was going to be here for light up the night. And she not only wanted them to know that it was Christmas time and, and she wanted to be decorated like a Christmas something, but she wanted them to, she said, they're going to have to have light on them if they're going to be walking back and forth across the parking lot because I don't want to get them, I don't want them to get injured. And so she bought them something, not just, not just a light, but something that looked cool and yet lit them up so that everybody could see where the kids were. So if the kids was walking across the parking lot, the other cars were coming in, they could be aware that the kids are walking across the parking lot. I benefited so great from her love, and I benefit so great from other people's love, many of all of your love for me. And I'm just so thankful that Sharon was a part of New Life, and Sharon was a part of On the Island of Misfit Toys, and she definitely found, the king found her position in this body, in my life and in many other people's lives. Sharon is good today. I just want to make that known. Sharon is good today. You know, Sharon, Sharon is home with the Lord. She, her cancer is no longer plaguing her. She is good. She's, she's, not, she's not suffering. As a matter of fact, she's on beyond that. And the scripture says this. You can, point, you can push the buttons. The scripture say, says this. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we uh, live or die, we belong to the Lord. And I've often said, and God doesn't leave his people outside. So my dad used to yell at me, my bike wasn't taken away or something, or I didn't, put a, I didn't put the hay wagon in the barn or something like that, you know. You need to put those things away. You need to put those things away. You need to put those things away. And God says, I put you, I always, I've always taken care of you, and even when you die, I'll take care of you. Because whether you live or whether you die, you're mine. And I'll take care of you. Sharon is good today. She is good today because the God, because she was God's and God took care of her. The Bible says this. It says uh, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another. Let us love one another. Let us love. And that's, that's agape love. That's, that's this more the chosen love. Not if you feel like loving. Not if, you, not, if you, not, if, not if somebody deserves, you think deserves love. That's not what we're talking about here. He said, let us love one another. And I, don't, I, I think that that's a very practical love because look at 1 Corinthians 13 says this. If we speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It, it, really, and I know we've talked about this before, but really, if you have not love and you're just speaking, you're just kind of this annoying noise. You're just this pot, just this, this, this two-year-old that found this mom's pot in a wooden spoon. Boom, 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 boom. Like, uh, like okay, for like uh, 20 seconds, but we're going on to the third minute, the fourth minute. Shut up! That's what the Bible says. You, you, got, you think you got all this? And you got, you got no love? You're an annoying noise. You're a clanging uh, cymbal or, or a resounding gong. And he says this, if you, can, if you have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if you have the gift of faith and can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. Love is that powerful tool. He said, I, I don't care how well you can speak, and I don't care how much you can trust, and I don't care how much water you can walk on. If you don't love each other, 
It doesn't matter. It's not about how much you know or how much you can do. It's not about that. It's about how much you love people, he says. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I've gained nothing. You must love one another. Because love is patient, it goes on to say. You can't impatiently love somebody. Because love is patient. You can slip in and out of patienceness. I get that. I can be impatient. But i got to shut off my love before I can be impatient. Now we can wrestle with that, and you can agree or disagree, but it's the truth. Because love is patient. Beeping the car, waiting for somebody to get their butt in gear to get out to the car is not loving them. As all the spouses looked at each other as they said that. Because love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It, is, it does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And just so you know, love never fails. This type of love, no one will need a therapist to get on the other side of being loved like this. You will never need a counselor. This will feed your soul. And he said, I don't care how well you can speak or how much water you can walk on or how much you know or how much you give. It doesn't matter. You need to love. You need to love one another. Love exposed. Simple Lay's potato chips and peach pie. Scooby-Doo snacks. Very practical love. Look at what it says in, in Proverbs 10, 12. It says this. Hate stirs up dissension, but love covers over all wrongs. And that doesn't mean that it, love just buries and doesn't deal with anything. You know what the covers over means? It means it fills in the void between here and there. It's actually a bridge. Love is going to enable you to walk on a bridge to someone who is caught in wrong. Not just to bury their wrong and never to deal, but be able to love them so much that you can walk across this love so effectively and into someone's life that's so upside down, and they're good with that. The woman at the well knew exactly what that felt like. When Jesus covered up because he bridged the gap between her and him. And he walked across that and he transformed her life. If Jesus had not have loved her, she'd have been treated just like everybody else treated that lady in society. But because of Jesus' love for her, she got to know what it felt like to be loved. Really 1 Corinthians 13 type of love. Because love covers, love builds this bridge, the power of love, the power of love to build this bridge from point A to point B so we can navigate across it and into someone else's life. The gentleness of love. This love is gentleness. It says in Romans 3, uh, 13, 10, it says this, love does not 
does, not, does no harm to its neighbor. Love does not harm people. We can wonder, do you want me to punch this guy in the mouth? The answer is you need to let down the love so you can do that. Because love does not harm. We don't have to be wondering if we're going to be harmed by someone who is loving us. It's a very safe environment. And I'll tell us all that our families inside of your house, this society might be going to hell in the handbasket, but inside of your house, your kids will always run to your house when it's full of love, no matter how old they are. Because they know they can get there because that's not harmful. It will bring no harm. It's safe for someone to come into the environment where someone else loves them. Look at the potential of love in Matthew 5, 44. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. See, that's the part of the scripture where I want to say, get out your AR-15. You know, you know, you're suit up. And he said, why don't you just use the most powerful tool that I'm going to give you, and that's loving them. And I always like to answer that question. You mean I have to do this and this and this? Whatever that answer is, yes! That's what it means. Does that mean you've got to be patient with them? Yes. Does that mean you can't be rude to them? Yes. Does that mean you keep no record of wrong? Yes. Does that mean that you're not self-seeking? Yes. That's what it means. When we love our enemies... Jesus is saying the most powerful thing that you can have when it's an enemy is to love them. That's the potential of this love, that you can transform the life of one who is your enemy today through love. Powerful. The potential, the power, the gentleness, the potential of love. John 13, 34 says this, uh, the command to love. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. So if you're just a rule follower and you don't really just do it because God said. He, he said love. Now, I, you know, okay, I'm just going to do what God tells me to do and let him sort out the end result. I'm just going to love this person. I'm just going to love this enemy. I'm going to love no matter what. And look at the, the, the uh, John 13, 35 says this, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's the same word for love all the way through all those passages. That you want to be recognized just in this world as someone who is walking with God it is recognized by how much you love people. And how much you even love each other. And how much maybe we can say in Sharon's demonstration of how much Lay's potato chips or peach pies or Scooby-Doo snacks. Very practical way to love people. Back to 1 John 4, it says this, Dear friends, let us love one another. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. See, this powerful love just can't manifest on your own self. You can't manifest this just in your own. You can't wake up something inside of you. It comes from God. So what he said, what I'm telling you that you need and what will transform your environment, what will transform the people around you, and what will build bridges to those people that are caught in wrong, 
and what will transform your enemies and what is just this powerful thing that in the heavenlies you'll be recognized as my children is, is love. And you can't get it without me. But I'm ready to give it to you. God is not a hoarding God. God does not wonder if he can pay the bills so he can't pay your bills. God's got it. He's got enough. And he said, I can share my love with you and I'll have plenty of love to share with people as well. I can love people and give you enough to love because I got way more love than you'll ever need or ever can use. Will you let me pour it into your life? That's what he's saying here. And that you are born of God and you know God. That's in this relationship with God. That you will know. That's an intimacy. That, we know that word know as intimacy. That is the word to say, I want you in a relationship with me. I want to give you new birth, and I want to give you a relationship with me. Verse 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. As a matter of fact, when you walk with God, your, your default setting is to be love people. You, that's the it, because when you walk with God, and God, God says, my default setting is to love people. And so, and so if we're having trouble walking or loving people, don't spend time trying to do something with that person. Spend time with God, because God loves that person. And if we're walking with God, God's going to love that person through you. Does that make sense? But if you don't love, you don't know God. Now, now you can argue with that if you want. You'd be wrong because the scripture says so. Verse 9 says this. This is how, this is how God showed his love for us, among us. He sent his, only, his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So I set my love. See, my love built this bridge between me and you so I could walk across this bridge and so I could dump my love into you. You were all screwed up. You were the epitome of wrong. We call it the total depravity of man. But I didn't wait for you to get it right. I came and I built a bridge to you because I loved you. And I want you to be able to love Yourself, one, and the others, uh, two, and uh, uh, the world's three. So I come to you, and I built this bridge to you, and I, my, that bridge is I set my son to carry that, that love of the Father over so he can pour it onto you. That's what he's saying there. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might, be, that we might live through him. Again, let me say that God didn't send here send Jesus here to make good, bad people good. He sent pe Jesus here to make dead people live. And people will say, well, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. It doesn't have anything to do with it. You're good or bad doesn't have anything to do with it. You're all bad anyway. But even if you think you're good, it doesn't have anything to do with it because he didn't send you here to make you good. He sent Jesus here to make you live. That's what he's saying, right? So you might live through him. He wants to give you life. And that's what he's saying. And I want you to be able to love people, and you need to have life to, to love people. And verse 10 says this, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. So he's the one that took the risk on you. He's the one, he's the king of the Misfit Island toys. And he's the one who, is, who spoke from the clouds and said, hey, Rudolph, hey, Bob in the, or, or Charlie in the box. I see you. He's the one who he stepped across. He's the one who made the journey toward us. He's the one who wants us to have this relationship with him so he can express his love in us and through us. That's what he wants. 
This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That just means a payment paid in full. At one moment, all in one action, boom, it was all paid for. At one moment. So what if that is true? Let me ask you that. Just let me ask you a few questions as we wrap this to a close here in about 20, 40 minutes. <laughs> Stick with me. I still remember last week's message. You like a 20-minute message? That's hence why there's no clocks in the room. Because I would just as soon have God run the show rather than a clock run the show. But I also would rather have God run the show than me run the show. It doesn't mean that 20 minutes is better than 40. It doesn't mean 40 is better than 20. God has run the show. But let me ask you these questions. What if God does love you? And I know we've asked these questions before. This is not, this is not new information. But I, I want you to know, what if God does love me? Just ask you that stuff right now. If you're, if you're playing Candy Crush or you're talking to your neighbor, just, just, just stop that right now, will you? Just listen to that. What if God does love me? And you might have a thousand reasons why you think God can't love you. And in this world, they may all be valid when it comes to people, but it's not valid when it comes to God. Because he loves you no matter what. That's hard to, that's hard to swallow at times. I don't deserve it. I'm all backed up. I've, I've had this. You don't know my past. And just so you know, God knows all your past. He knows all of it better than you know it. He knows the stuff that you have forgotten about. But what if it's true? What if it is true that God does love you? What if it's true for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son? That whoever, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What if that's true? What if this is true? What if the next slide is true? What if it's true that he wants to give you a relationship with him because eternal life is this? Now, that, now this is eternal life that you may know the one true God and the one who is son, Jesus Christ. That's, again, that intimacy, that relationship. What if he wants to, not, what if God not only loves you, but now he wants to give you a relationship with himself? See, now we've gone to a new level. Because I can say I love people, but I'm going to love them from a distance. Do you ever say that? Yeah, maybe I'm the only one, but I have said that before. I'm going to love them from a distance. And God says, yeah, that's, that's, you're going to need to work on that. But God doesn't want to love you from a distance. He wants to love you in a relationship with him. Well, maybe when I get cleaned up and I get this and I get that, ah, that's never going to happen. He loves us and he loves you and he loves me. And he wants to give you a relationship. He doesn't want to love you from a distance. He wants to have a relationship with you. See, see, he wants to expose, he wants us to expose our love. But he wants to expose his love to you. And that comes through this relationship. You can push the button. And the next slide says this. What if, what if I do have a sin problem? God says, you do, but I can handle that. 
See, all the things you're thinking of why God can't love you, they're all true. And God says, I've made a provision for every one of those things that you're wrestling with right now. That I've done this and I've done this and I haven't done this and I've done this and I've done this. And God says, you're right. For there's no difference. For all have sinned and all fall short of my glory. All fall short of this relationship that I want to give them. I've figured that into the plan. I know that's true. So can we just step, step over that right now? Because God's got a plan for that. He wants to forgive us. He wants to remove that which stands between us and him. The wrong, the sins of omission and the sins of commission in our life, they do stand between us and God. That's what it's saying. I do have a problem. But your God's got a bigger solution than what you got problem. Because it's saturated in his love. And there's nothing less powerful than love. More powerful than love. Everything is less powerful than love. Even your wrongs. Even your sin. Even your mess. Is less powerful than the love that God has for you. And less powerful than the desire that God has to not love you from a distance. But to love you in a relationship with him. What if, what, if, what if God has made a way? What if Romans 5.8, you can turn about, what if the Romans 5.8 is true, but God demonstrated his love for us in this, while we were still all jacked up and messed up and stuck and in sin and backwards and everything else, God took the step toward us by sending his son who covered the path between us and made the bridge so that the father could love you in a relationship. <laughs> That's good stuff. What if that's true? What if I don't have to clean up? What if I do have a problem? And what if I don't have to clean up before I come and say, yes, today is the day? What if Jesus is the way? What if he is? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What if Jesus is the way? And what if he is the Son of God that wants to demonstrate how much the Father loves you and how much he wants to give you this relationship with him and all that it entails? The way and the truth and the life. I want to give you the way. I want to give you the truth. I want to give you life. Woo. This is again when I wish I was preaching outdoors again like we did during COVID. Because the mountain always amen those things. You go, woo, in the mountain. Woo. I loved it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. What if I do need to be saved? What if I do need to be rescued? 
what if Romans 10.9 is true? What if that if I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be rescued from this non-relationship with God and brought into this relationship with God. You'll be rescued from the sin and the junk that you're caught in and not just freed from that junk, but all the way into this relationship with the Father. Wow. That's what he wants. Will we believe this morning? Will we believe this morning when in this exposed love that we talk about with Sharon, but this exposed love that we talk about with God, God is not, he does not hide it under a basket. God is not trying to hide it and see if you can find it and hoping you don't. God has exposed his love wide open because he loves us, because he loves you, because he wants to give you this relationship with him. What if Hebrews 9 and 27 is true? What if the choice needs to be made here just as man is destined to die once and then to face judgment? So Christ was sacrificed once and for all, for once, to take away the sins of many people. And he will, he will appear a second time. We sang about that today. Not to bear sin, but to bring the full measure of salvation to his people. That's where Revelation steps in. It says, he'll wipe away every tear, and it'll all be gone. You'll realize salvation You'll realize this relationship with the Father to its fullest when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. But between now and then, he wants to start pouring into you parts of his relationship. And it starts here and now today. We don't wait until we die to deal with that situation. The scripture says you need to deal with it in the here and the now. You need to deal with it in the living, the land of the living. You need to see my power of love in the land of the living. Will you let me expose my love to you? So that's my, ask, that's my question today. Will you let God expose his love to you today? Will you grab onto God as he says, let me show you how much I love you? Finishing up with 1 John 4, 11 and 12, look at what he says there. Dear friends, and actually that's translated, dear beloved ones, since God has so loved us, we ought to love one another. Because I loved you, don't you think it would be a good idea to love others? I've never given you anything second rate, God says, and I've given you my love. So, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen, look at this, look at this, look at this. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And you just might get a peach pie once now and again. Because my love is made complete through your simple actions of expressing and exposing your love for one another. That's good stuff. How about it, Franklin? So where are you at today? I'm going to pray here in just a couple seconds. Give me a couple minutes. 
just again, just let God run your heart. Where are you thinking right now? And I'm not going to have the piano player come. I'm not going to play just as I am a bunch of times. But just as you are, will you stand before God today? Just sit before God. Will you just bow your head before God and say, God, that's me today. I want a relationship with you. I don't deserve it. I'm all jacked up. My sin is all messed up. But God, I just heard that you love me anyway. And I want to take a hold of that love today. Is that what your heart's saying today? If it is, just reach out in your heart and in your soul. Just reach out and say, God, I'm taking hold of you today. In the name of Jesus, thank you so much. God, you have moved in our midst. I believe it. You have talked with us today. You have brought us close to you. You have exposed your love for us today. Thank you for the demonstration that we saw and Sharon over the years. But today, I want to also just thank you for your exposing of your love in my life and in our lives. Father, if there's someone here that just doesn't know, just, just speak to them silently and so filled with your love that they wouldn't feel because John says in John 3:17, I did not send my son into the world to point fingers at them I sent my son into the world to reach out his hand and to save them so Father I pray that we would see your hand reaching out to us right now we would feel that we wouldn't feel the judgment but we'd feel the love of God as you forgive us as you give us this relationship, as you no longer love us from a distance, but you love us in a relationship. Father, help those ones that are here today believe that you are who you are and that you want to do this in their life.
Father, that is the, my heart's cry for myself and for everyone in this room, that we would just surrender and experience your love. Father, thank you so much for that. New Lifers, will you stand with me today? If you've made a decision to, to take God up on his word today and you want to just text me, my cell phone number is on the sign out front. Take it off the sign and text me. Father, thank you for these moments. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the demonstration of that in a very practical way that we saw in Sharon. And Father, I pray that you, we would see it in each other. Our families would see it, our kids would see it, our spouses would see it, our parents would see it. Father, this is not only a salvation message, this is a sanctification. This is a walking it out with God message as well. So help us to grab a hold of you, help us to walk it out with you, and help our love that you have given us be exposed in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Have a great day.